This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Good morning again. Well, you know, Easter is one of these big celebrations that we do in the church every year. You're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. And, you know, in all of the celebrations that we partake in, whether it's at church or at home, they're, they're all around this big idea of love. That when we celebrate our anniversaries as married people, you know, what are we celebrating? We're celebrating that moment when we went public with our love. And then if you have children, you know, we celebrate their birthdays every year. And now kids... We don't just celebrate your birthdays because we want to buy you stuff. Trust me, because we buy you stuff all of the time. It's just not another day to buy you stuff. But we're celebrating because we didn't actually know what love was. And then you were born and we're like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe how much I love this child. And then it's the same way on Easter when we celebrate at church. We're celebrating God's love coming to the earth in Jesus. And what we're going to be talking about this morning is trying to understand this word, the gospel. We, we've heard this word. We try to understand what this word means. Uh, maybe it, it's old hat to us. We're not sure if we like it or not. Uh, but Jesus talked a lot about this word. He mentioned this word uh, in the New Testament. And then people that study his life who wrote the New Testament, they use this word a lot, gospel. And it's very important for us to know what the gospel is. So let's turn our Bibles this morning to Mark chapter 16. We're just going to read a verse here that Jesus talked about, and he used this phrase, the gospel, and then we're just going to unpack it a little bit this morning. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, And he said to them, talking about Jesus, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Gospel. Now, the word gospel means good news. So Jesus, after his resurrection, he's telling his disciples that were there with him, go and tell the good news. Now, the gospel means good news. It doesn't mean good advice. Now, good advice is something that we would do in our future. Somebody could tell us, hey, I need some advice uh, for my job or my career or my marriage or parenting. And then we could receive good advice and we can put it uh, into use in the future in our lives. But good news The gospel is about something that has already happened. It's something that has meaning, uh, significance in the past and actually has relevance in our lives right now. This is what the gospel is. And for those of us that, that have been in church a long time, and I'm one of those, I'm, I'm 48 years old, but I've been in church 48 years, nine months. Um, for every moment of my existence, there has been some exposure to church. And so for those of us that have been around a long time, it's good for us to know and, and realize that the gospel is the thing that sustains our relationship with God. And maybe you're here this morning and somebody invited you. You don't normally go to church. When we think about starting a relationship with God, the gospel is also uh, helping us to understand how we actually start a relationship with God. So we start a relationship with God by understanding what the gospel is. And then our relationship with God is sustained by understanding what the gospel is. So let's read a couple more verses here about the gospel. It says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God... For salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel is for everyone. It's this tremendously inclusive idea that it's for all people for all time. And what is the Apostle Paul saying? It is the power of God to salvation. Understanding about something that happened in the past. 
Not advice for my future. I mean, it's good to have advice for your future. It's good to understand that there's a lot of things. There's a lot of advice in the scripture about how to live our lives well. And we should all want to know those things. But here, Paul is saying, uh, for us to understand the power of God to salvation, it's about understanding what the gospel is. To the Jew first, and then also to the Greek. Verse 17, for in it, talking about the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So the gospel is not just something that affects my eternity, although it does affect my eternity. It actually is my life right now that I would live my life right now understanding what the gospel is. What is this good news? What is this thing that affects my eternity? And what is this thing, this news that I need to know about that affects my here and now? Let's look at another section of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And once again, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. That's what this letter is. It's a letter to a church. And so, in other words, it's a letter to a group of people that already follow Jesus, that have already said, yes, I'm a Christian. And Paul is reminding them of something that's really important. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 says this. Now I remind you, brothers, of the gospel. In other words, I'm telling you again. You might have forgotten it. Uh, any parents out there ever tell your kids things a couple times or 10 times or 20 times? Why? Because they've forgotten what you told them. Now I remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand. So the gospel, this news, this good story that's happened, it's something that you receive, but then it's also something present tense that has an effect, a positive effect in your life. Verse 2, and by which you are being saved, once again, present tense. It's this understanding of the gospel that helps us to get into a relationship with God. And it's this understanding of the gospel that sustains our relationship with God. And by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain or it was empty. Verse 3, for I delivered to you as of first importance that which I also received. So here he's going to tell us what the gospel story is. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture. He was buried and he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So Paul is reminding us of these events that took place in the past for, for Paul as he's describing them. But not only is he telling them that just recently happened for as he was writing this about 30 years previous to him writing this. But he's also saying the things, the events in and around Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection were all prophesied in the Old Testament, what we would call the Old Testament. So they had special significance and that way they were prophesied about and then they happened just as was prophesied. And then at verse 5 it says this, then he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve, talking about his disciples. Verse 6, and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of them who are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. So Paul is saying to these people who were contemporaries that a lot of people, about 500 people were still alive that had seen Jesus after his resurrection. So for us, you know, 2,000 years removed, some people have this question about did Jesus, you know, really raise from the dead? But for the apostle Paul, as he was writing that there were still about 500 people alive that had seen Jesus after his resurrection. So his point was, well, if you're still not sure about it, just go ask Joe. He saw him. But not just go ask Joe. He saw him. But also he's trying to help us to understand that this gospel story, the thing that happened in the past, actually has meaning for us in our lives. Present tense. 
whether this is our first time hearing about it or our 500th time healing, hearing about it, that the gospel story is the thing that we celebrate, and it is what we celebrate on Easter specifically. Now, when we think about having a relationship with God, and, and a big part of what the gospel is telling us is how do we have a relationship with God, and then after I have it, I actually want to sustain it. So we just don't want to shake hands with God and be like, okay, God, see you later, see you at the pearly gates. No, we actually want to have a continuing relationship with God. And so how is it that we have relationships with people? Now, uh, coming up here this fall, I'll be married to my lovely wife, who's from Arizona, uh, for 24 years. But 26 years ago, this September, we had our first date. Now, the first date that we went on, it was kind of a group date. It was Bible school. It was awesome. I showed up at Bible school, and there was this amazing girl who was beautiful, who loved Jesus. And I'm like, yes, Lord, thank you for Bible school. And uh, so we showed up, and we, we, we started this group of friends early on. And then a bunch of us were going uh, to go, like, on a group date. But then we were going to go on a group date, and we were going to go ice skating. Yes. Played hockey for about eight years, took power skating when I was young. Here was my opportunity, guys. I'm going to, like, impress this woman. She's from Arizona. What does she know about skating? But we're going to go skating, and I'm going to show her what's up. (laughs) So we go downtown Oklahoma. Nobody knows how to skate in Oklahoma, trust me. So I go there. There's an arena in the middle of the mall. People don't know how to tie up their skates. It's kind of embarrassing. So uh, we're there, and I'm skating around. And here's my opportunity to impress this girl. So what am I doing? I'm, like, skating around, boom, 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 fast as I can go. And they had, they had a guard there, you know, wearing the fluorescent jacket. True story. This, this guy skates up to me. He goes, are you Canadian? <laughs> I'm like, yes, how did you know? <laughs> He's like, you're going to need to slow down. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to impress this girl. Don't get in my way. So Nicole is there. And, and when you're 22, you know, you don't actually have much game, even though you think you've got a, a bunch of game. And so I couldn't actually think of anything else to do to impress her in this moment. But I'm on skates. And so what am I going to do? I'm actually going to skate up to her and I'm going to shave snow on her lower leg. You never had that in Arizona, did you? (laughs) Now, here we are 26 years later. And hopefully there was a few other things that I was reasonably good at for her to to still to to say yes to me when I to when I asked her to marry me. And she's still here with me. Praise the Lord. Um, But. Was it just the fact that I could do certain things that actually enabled me to have a relationship with Nicole? Ladies, was it just the snow on her leg? Ladies, was it, it, was, it had to be more than that, right? And, but ultimately, what is it? How is it that we have a relationship with anyone? How is it that we have a relationship with anyone, whether a marriage relationship or a friend relationship, that somebody actually has to let you in? Somebody actually has to say, hey, yes, we can be in relationship. And it actually comes from the one who gives the relationship. And this is our understanding about God and how we enter into a relationship with God, that God actually, because of the gospel story, allows us in. 
and opens the door for us to have a relationship with God. And all religion looks like us skating up to God and shaving ice on his calf. All religion is our effort to somehow, I'm going to impress God with what I do and what I can accomplish. And if we have a religious background, you know, we could be very proud of our religious background. We could be very proud of, of our denomination. We could be very proud of our church attendance record. We can be very proud of how much I've read the Bible and all these different things I've done. But all of my efforts, all of human efforts to somehow force my way into a relationship with God are futile. We can't force our way into any relationship. Somebody has to open the door for us to have a relationship. And this is what we understand about the gospel. That because what of what God has done in Christ, that he is opening the door, he is inviting everyone in. And this is what we celebrate. We don't celebrate religion because, once again, religion is us just shaving ice on God, trying to impress him, and nothing actually along those lines impresses God. But what we need to understand with God is that he is actually inviting us into a relationship with him and that he's actually providing a way for us to have a relationship, not of our own human effort, but it is a relationship with the divine comes from the divine, comes from God himself. Now we here as a church, we've been uh, doing a series about Jesus parables, and we've been spending a bunch of time looking at the specific way that Jesus taught. And what he would do a bunch of times is he would tell stories um, to, to help us to understand about the kingdom of God. So we're going to look at a parable this morning that helps us to understand how the kingdom of God works, specifically in this way. How do we actually enter into a relationship with God? And then understanding what the gospel is, how we actually sustain it. So let's turn over to Matthew chapter 20. Very famous parable here. And, and once again, Jesus is teaching us something about God or the kingdom of God or the ways of God here by telling us this story. Matthew 20, verse 1 says this, For the kingdom of heaven is like... So he's going to explain to us what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he's going to use a story that might be familiar to us to help us to understand what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a landowner who went early in the morning to hire workers... For his vineyard. Now, in this time, um, a day's labor was 12 hours. They would work 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., 12 hours. And this was a, like a standard work day in this time. So, this landowner was going to find some workers. They were going to work about 12 hours. In verse 2, it says, After agreeing with the workers for the standard wage, in other words, whatever a day's wage would be, the landowner was agreeing to that, he sent them into his vineyard. Then it was about nine o'clock in the morning. So three hours later, he went out again and saw others standing around the marketplace without work. He said to them, go, you go into the vineyard too, and I will give you whatever is right. Now, he's not necessarily agreeing with the second group. Oh, here's a standard wage. He's like, I'm just going to give you whatever is right. Verse five. So they went in when he went out again about noon and about three o'clock after that. And he did the same thing. And and about five o'clock that afternoon, he went out and found others standing around and said to them, why are you standing here all day without work? Verse seven, they said to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, you go and work in the vineyard too. 
So five different times this landowner went out, starting, including with the very first time of the day, and he hired people at all different times of the day. And then he went out at five o'clock, which is one hour left in the workday. Now, one, one translation says this, and this is where we get the phrase 11th hour. This was the 11th hour of the workday. And we use this phrase a lot in our modern vernacular. Oh, they got in in the 11th hour. And that it comes actually from this story. So it went out at five o'clock. And he hired some people and they were just going to work for one hour. Other people had been working all day. Verse 8, it says, And when it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the workers and give the pay starting with the last hired until the first. So the people that started working at 5 o'clock, he's going to pay them first. So everybody's there, and they're all gathered around, and they're watching this. Now, if you started at 6 a.m., and, and they're starting to pay the person that started at 5 p.m., what are you thinking is going to happen in this moment? You know, we all were aware of, you know, today we have a minimum wage, and so we're just doing math. We're, like, calculating, you know, 12 hours times this, and I'm going to get this. And the person that started working at 5 o'clock, what are they going to get? They're going to get one hour. That's all they deserve, Right? They're just going to get one hour's wage. And so the landowner is, is there and he's gathered all these people around. He's starting to pay them. Verse 9. When those hired at about 5 o'clock came, each received a full day's pay. Where's HR? I'm filing a complaint. <laughs> what do you mean you're giving them the same amount? What do you mean the people that get in at the 11th hour get the same amount? See... And once again, the people like me who have been in church, you know, going on to 50 years, the potential for us to look at uh, life or life in church or life following Jesus, that after a period of time, we start to think we deserve what we get from God. We start to think because of my church attendance and because I do this and that and the other and I give at church and I read my Bible and I've gone to Bible school, people. I've been pastoring. I don't know what you've been doing. And people like me potentially could get a little bit arrogant as it relates to the kingdom of God. Because this is what this story is about. The story is about the kingdom of God. And the people that are watching it, that have been working the full day, what are they thinking? They're thinking this isn't fair. This isn't fair. And here's the story with God's grace. God's grace isn't fair, but it isn't fair to all of us in the best possible way. It isn't fair because none of us in of our own ability, in our own shaving of snow on God's lower leg, enables us to get into a relationship with God. A relationship with God actually has to come from God himself. God himself is the keeper of the relationship that he offers and gives us through Jesus. But here these people are, they're they're angry, they're upset. Verse 10, and those who hired, those hired first came and said they thought they would receive more. But each one also received the standard wage. When they received it, they began to complain against the landowner, saying, these last fellows worked one hour and you gave them Uh, equal to us who bore the hardship and burning heat of the day? And the landowner replied to them, Friend, I am not treating you 
unfairly. Didn't you agree with me to work for the standard wage? Verse 14. Take what is yours and go. I want to give to this last man the same as I gave to you. Do you hear it? I want to give to this last man the same I gave to you. Nobody actually earned their wage that day. The landowner was giving them something. This is what the landowner was trying to say. And this is what Jesus is trying to teach us with this parable. And then the next sentence is what helps us to understand that landowner replied, sorry, verse 14, take what is yours and go. I want to give to the last man the same as I gave you. Am I not permitted to do what I want to do with what belongs to me? The landowner says, God says, what belongs to God is a relationship with himself, that he would open himself to a relationship with us, separate from our own ability, separate from our own religiosity, separate from our own rule-keeping, that a relationship with God actually comes from God himself, and that he says, am I not permitted to do what I want to do with what belongs to me? Are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. That God is generous with his grace. That God gives his grace to all the scripture tells us. The scripture tells us that whosoever can come. God is generous with his grace. It is available to all. This is why the gospel is the good news. It is the best news. It is the best story we could ever tell. That a relationship with God actually comes from God himself. So none of us will be able to boast about how well we shaved snow on God's leg. That all of us will be able to say at the end of time, it is because of Jesus It is because of what Jesus has done. And then God actually gives us a relationship with himself that none of us actually qualify for in our our own goodness and our own righteousness. We can't force our way in, but thank God he opens the door to us. Thank God he gives it to us. He offers it to us. And all we have to do is say yes. So let's stop. However, we could think about being educated or religious or sophisticated all of these ways that we might offer to god god look how good look how good i am god don't don't i qualify god because of this that and the other no it only comes from god himself john chapter 1 verse 12 says this but to all who receive him who believed in his name he gave the right to become the children of god Did you see that in there? How do we become the children of God? God gives us the right because we believe in his name. We believe what he does. We believe what he has done for us. Not good advice for us to do so we can be religious. Not good advice for us to do so we can accomplish some sort of moral perfection, which we can't accomplish anyway. To try to get into God's good graces. No, he gives to us. He gives it to us, and all we have to do is believe that the gift is given. This is why it's good news. This is why the gospel means good news. And this is why we sing today. This is why we make a big deal today. 
because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, it opens the door for us to come in because God offers us a relationship with himself. Think about that for a second. It's been awesome to be married to my wife for going on 24 years. And any relationship that you can think about that's been great in your life, those are wonderful relationships that are sustained over a long period of time. There's a lot of wonderful things that go on in good relationships. But let's think about, for a second, a relationship with God himself. God the creator, God who knows you better than anyone else, God who knows what you're good at and knows what he's purposed you for, This is why the gospel is our starting place and it is the thing that sustains us over the long haul. That God gives us his grace so that we can actually walk with him every day for now and then through eternity. He says it's available to you. Stop shaving ice on my leg. Stop trying to impress me. I give you my grace. I give you my love. I give you my forgiveness and all we have to do is say yes to what he gives us. This is why it's the good news. John 14 verse 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Such a wonderful scripture that God provides a way for us that we can't make for ourselves can't force our way into a relationship with God but he provides a way for us and it's through Jesus it's through his own son that we can know him and have a relationship and as we said and we know a verse John three sixteen, for God so loved the world God is calling us into a relationship with himself, not so we can be super religious people because being religious doesn't actually help us have a relationship with God. But the relationship that God calls us into is sourced in his love. It's expressed through his love to you. And he gives it to you. He offers it to you. He wants you to accept it. He wants to be in a relationship with you, not just a one-time thing, not just, not just a one-day thing, but a life thing and an eternity thing. Romans chapter 3, verse 21 says this, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe this is for all the messages for all the gospel is for all for there is no distinction God is not making distinction between people he loves the whole world the offer is the same for everybody I've got the good news for you something has happened in Christ through his death and his resurrection For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. See, this story that we celebrate today, that from death, 
comes life. The life that we experience from God is the life that God intended us to live. God never created us to live separate from him. That's why he made it easy. That's why he did it for us. So all that we would have to do is say yes. Listen, the whole creation preaches the gospel. We live on a planet that every year we experience death. It's called winter. But what do we know is coming after the death? The life of spring comes. The whole creation preaches the gospel. And that God wants us to live in this resurrection life. God wants us to live in this life connected to him, knowing him, the one who loves us, the one who died for us, the one who gives himself for us. This is the good news. So all of us today, I want all of us to commit and recommit ourselves to this good news by saying yes to Jesus for the first time or rededicating to it, uh, recommitting because we know it's a daily thing. Acceptance of the gospel. That we can start fresh with God every day. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says this, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That just means you're putting Jesus at the headship of your life. And who else deserves to be there? Nobody. Nobody else has died for you. Nobody else has given himself for you. Nobody understands you like Jesus. That Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved when we believe the gospel. That's the gospel. No more shaving snow on God's calf. Just saying yes to what he gives us. Saying yes to his love and his forgiveness. So let's all of us do that again today. Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. And let's just all pray this prayer together out loud this morning. God, today, let's say it together. God, today, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he came to die for me. And God, we believe that you raised him from the dead so that I could have a relationship with you. And today I say yes to that relationship. God, I want to know you. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God, I just thank you for everyone in this room today that said yes to you for the very first time or a rededication of your life, of their lives, or a reaffirmation of their faith in you and the gospel. I thank you, Lord, that your life is indwelling us by your spirit. We just thank you, Lord, for your goodness in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.